1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Mark Williams is the commissioner for the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, Georgia DNR essentially. He's the boss man. He is the boss man when it comes to wildlife and fisheries resources in the state of Georgia. Obviously, he reports to the governor. He serves at the will of the governor. But Mark, or Commissioner Williams, is the boss. He is in charge. And so I wanted to have him on the podcast because what I love about the Blood Origins podcast is we get to have conversations with these really high-level folks about what the wildlife and the fisheries resources mean to them. And specifically in the state of Georgia, there are some very pro-hunting bills making their way through the state legislative process that most other states need to take a look at and maybe emulate a little. Commissioner Williams is awesome, and I can't wait to introduce you to him. Holy smokes! A Blood Origins shirt. I have never seen one of those shirts. You know that. You're the first person that I've ever seen with that style because we just put it in the shop. When in Rome, baby, you know, do as the Romans, Robbie. How is it? Is it a good quality shirt? Yeah, it's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. And, you know, (laughs) I get a lot of T-shirts and hats in my job, and it's not hard to figure out my hobbies (laughs) when someone walks up to me. But I get a lot of questions about this one. I've had it about two weeks, and it gives me a chance to explain because it, it's so unique, you know. Okay, so let me ask this then. Um, what do you say? I say it's a it's Blood Origins. It's a um, it's a new podcast, a new platform to uh, educate non-hunters uh, about what we do, and uh, it's just such a unique symbol that it draws a lot of conversation. So, 
kudos to you for picking that, not just a deer or a turkey, which they're all great, but uh, this does draw a lot of conversation. Well, we may have to send you a couple more, a couple more shirts, or you can just buy them and support us, okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing's free in life. Oh, especially for a non-profit, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, do I have to, let, let me see if I have to be, let me see if I can be formal here. Commissioner Williams. Yes. Welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad to be here. It's the very first podcast I've ever done. So, how about well, that? Well, you're gonna you're already doing beautifully, um, and uh, you'll find you'll find out very quickly. It's a it's just a great conversation between two individuals that really enjoy this thing that we love so much, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I I found out about Blood Origins, I guess, with um, uh, you know, Michael Waddell and, and Travis T-Bone Turner and those guys are all from Georgia and I'm a big Realtree fan because they're a Georgia company, obviously. And uh, so I, um, I'm i just looking at T-Bone's page one day and I came across, you know, the, um, not podcast, but the video y'all did with him. And right. If you remember, I was DMing, I thought I was DMing T-Bone. <laughs> And saying, man, you just hit it right on the, you hit the nail right on the head talking about celebrating hunting. It doesn't matter what method you use, as long as it's legal, celebrate it. And you, you DM me back and said, this isn't T-Bone, but I appreciate your remark. <laughs> That's how I found out about Blood Origins and, and uh, been a fan ever since, you know. I just well, think it's great work. We're a big fan of you, Mark. Um, the fact that a commissioner out of Georgia is wearing the blood origins symbol on his chest is amazing to me. It's really, truly humbling. And um, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for what you do for Georgia. And that's something we'll get into here um, in this podcast. Um, but you're right. T-Bone's piece. Celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate hunting, guys. Stop killing each other. Stop nagging at each other. If it's done responsibly, it's done legally. Why are we against it? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in an era when there weren't that many deer in Georgia. My mother, my father was not a big hunter, not a hunter, really. Uh, my grandfather was, and so both of my parents were educators, and so we would get Christmas, two weeks at Christmas in the summers, and during Christmas I would go home, and, and we dog hunted uh for deer hunting and uh so a stand to me until i was 20 something years old was where they put you out on a dirt road with a browning you know a5 shotgun and buckshot um and so you know dog hunting is one way of hunting archery is another um still hunting stalking we got to celebrate it all because um we can't if we're going to stay together and and promote and get to the non-hunting crowd, uh, which is our biggest target. Uh, folks that like hunting, they may or may not like it, but they just don't know that much about it. But they don't dislike it. That's the key. They don't mm -hmm. dislike it. And they appreciate it. So, hundred um, percent. I'm just uh, that's just the way I grew up, and um, I, I just thought his piece really hit and. Of course, I didn't know what he was going through at the time. Not a lot of people did. And so we continue to pray for his recovery. And uh, I think 90% of that's a positive attitude. And he's got that lick. So Exactly. 
having him back out there. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. That you know, his positivity is certainly going to carry him through some some valleys. Yeah, uh, that he is certainly experiencing. So, Mark, you're a commissioner in the state of Georgia for Georgia DNR. How is the Georgia DNR set up? Give us a just give us a little bit of background to Georgia DNR. How long have you been on the commission? How long is your tenure on the commission? I'm assuming it's governor appointed. Just give folks that may not be familiar with what a commissioner is and how it's set up in Georgia. Okay, because all states are different. So in Georgia, our org chart is the governor, then a 19-member board of citizens. There's 14, 14 from the 14 congressional district and five at large. But we only have one commissioner, and that's me. And so I answer to a board that's appointed by the governor, and I also serve at the will serve at the will of the governor. Um, and so a lot of DNRs are, are structured different. Under under me is uh, state parks, coastal resources, uh, wildlife management, and law enforcement, otherwise known as game wardens. If you look us up, it's going to say uh, EPD, Environmental Protection Division. And that serves under the same board, but the governor appoints that director as well. So he is okay. my, he is my peer. So okay. I have about twenty two hundred employees. Um, uh, I've been serving for I guess thirteen years now. I've served under three. I've appointed by Governor Purdue as he was leaving office, and then started with Governor Deal for his eight years, and then Governor Kemp now for going on three. And have been so fortunate because following blood origins, I see what happens in other states. And uh, to serve under three governors that all appreciated hunters, uh, two of them being big hunters. Governor Deal was not a big hunter, but he certainly appreciated hunting. And I could tell one funny story about my current boss. Um, that there was a mix-up one day, and they actually sent me his calendar uh, back in the winter which I'm not supposed to get every day, you know, Rotary Club here, be up in the mountains speaking here. and But the first entry on Governor Kemp's calendar every day is what hunting seasons are in. So, you know, you're serving the right guy if you've got a, if you've got a boss like that. And uh, I kid him about it, but it it has been compared to other states. And, and like I said, following blood origins, I see what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, my job is easier because of uh, serving under three three governors that actually really appreciated mm -hmm. what hunting does for, for, mm -hmm. the, for this state. Not just for the wildlife, but economically. Big, it's a, a Mark, big is, economic it a, is it a fair statement to say that you are in charge of wildlife and fisheries resources in the state of Georgia? Yes. Okay. So let me ask this then. What... what how do I catch this question? What do you see as your primary job in that realm? Um, well, what I'll do you go? You, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, Sorry, I'll I simplify it a little bit. It, when you serve as at the will or pleasure of one person, and, and I say this sort of jokingly, you don't know if you'll be there a day, a month or two weeks. So I was a hunter and fisherman before I got this job. I was actually in Kansas deer hunting. I was serving in the legislature 
and I was going into my third term. I, I didn't have opposition, so it was December, and I was in Kansas uh, deer hunting when I got the call from uh, Governor Dill and, and Governor Purdue and uh, accepted the position. But I, I just, in my mind, I said, I don't know how long I'll be up there. So my first thing was just do no harm. I, I've grown up hunting and fishing. I want to expand it, you know, to a certain extent. Uh, with, with, with the wildlife biology in mind. But if I have to go home the next week, I didn't want to do any damage to what I love. And mm-hmm. so um, I just, that, that was the first decision I made. And then um, when it comes to the expanding part of it, looking for ways to increase public hunting, um, I grew up, when I was in the legislature, I would sit there and say, being from rural South Georgia, there's land everywhere. Uh, we have big paper companies here and just pine plantations that are for lease. And you can get in a club, you know, anytime mm-hmm. you want to. And so I was like, why does the state buy all this land? And you see me on video here. And now I'm sitting here in this little bitty 800 square foot condo where I have to be in Atlanta. And I see why now. I saw after about the first three years that. This rural population up here had, they didn't have the same thing I had in South Georgia. And so yep. we have added a lot of land. Uh, probably, I would, Robbie, I, I don't want to over exaggerate it, but probably 120 to 130,000 acres since I've been here. Into public hunting, yeah, public hunting ground. Public hunting ground. Public hunting ground. And some of it's been for, We've had a lot of gopher tortoises, uh, keeping the gopher tortoise off the endangered species, which brought a ton of partners together. When you get the regulated community and the Sierra Club sitting at the same table, pulling the same mule, you've done something. Yes, sir. um, And so maybe it was for the gopher tortoise to keep it off the species, and that drew a lot of donors and a lot of money. But at the end of the day, it's, it's there for folks like me and everybody to go out and and recreate on and, and hunt and fish and and uh so that's been one of my goals is to increase public public lands for hunting and fishing and uh so everybody's got an opportunity but also being with state parks um our state parks get a tremendous amount of use we have 60 of them in the state and uh they go all the way from the okie pinocchio swamp to cloudland canyon and uh just tremendous day use and overnight use. So just just keeping them maintained and new cabins, updating cabins and things like that. So I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, you that's did sort of what fills up my day. Yeah. Do you, I would, dare I say, um, I think your job is that you are responsible for maintaining, sustaining, and maybe even increasing wildlife and fisheries resources in the state of Georgia. Yes, absolutely. Fair statement? Yeah, that's a very true statement. Um, we we operate about eight fish hatcheries here, so I, I don't know how many millions of warm water fish we stock. The trout's a, legi- a little easier. We, we do about a million and a half to a million eight trout a year in our cold water fish. You've got no trout fishing in Georgia. You lie. Oh, man, we got some of the greatest <laughs> trout fishing in the world. In the world. I, let, let me test your your. What's the only native trout to Georgia? Freshwater trout. 
Brooke. You're absolutely right. I'll send you a t-shirt in the mail. Yes, I love it. <laughs> not bad for a South African in Mississippi. No, it's not bad. Not bad. But That's amazing. Right. No, the amount of you know, obviously the landscape that you have, right, from yeah. mountains to plains to coastal plains to longleaf pine savannas. You've got a phenomenal diversity of habitats, um, which obviously lends itself to quite a challenging job, again, from a, a management of wildlife perspective. Yeah, it, 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 you're right. You can, you can actually snow ski in Georgia and drive five hours and, and, and walk the beaches of the coast. And uh, so it, it, it is challenging. Um, with, with that type of diverse terrain we've got and, and diverse habitat, um, folks, that's what we're in. We're, you know, now that deer season's out, uh, all our staff, all our wildlife staff, we're out. Uh, we're in our prescribed fire uh, time. And uh, and working on working on habitat um, all over our wildlife management areas. Uh, we manage over a million acres, so big task. We're on day twenty six of of the legislative session, so we're in the thick of it. So let's talk about the legislative process, right? We've we are all in the thick of the legislative process across the country in the U.S. We've had monstrous winds this year for hunting all across the board and they're still coming today we just saw virginia pass sunday hunting for the first time ever um you know i i actually was thinking a lot about this today mark it's like a lot of people not that i will credit anything that's happening to what we do at blood origins but we've been doing something for four years now right that has been tantamount to this focused intent on showcasing who we are, changing perceptions. And over the last three months, we've seen win after win after win after win after win. Lots of people helping, lots of people pushing. And there's very rarely, across the board today, this in this legislative season, Virginia is one of them, North Carolina just expanded some black bear sanctuaries, um, Pennsylvania, I think, is trying to get Sunday hunting, if I recall. But there's very few other huge pro-hunting pieces of legislation. And then you get the state of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, let me back up just a hair. I, I, and, and this is my belief. Um, everybody's got their own. But I think wildlife management has three prongs, science, political, and social. And the science should always trump, but science is science. It's evolving with the technology. We learn more about species every day, every minute. The political's been done about the same way for 200 years. I mean, a bill, laws are debated and they're made. But the social's what's changed the most. And I don't just mean social media. Social's always been a part of it, but social media has really ramped that up. And I think mm -hmm. that's where the hunters and fishermen are making the most gains through your platform. Uh, I give a little shout out to the guys at how.org. How for wildlife.org. How for wildlife. I keep messing up his website, so I need to make sure I get his website how right. How for wildlife. Because I've been in this role 13 years, and anti hunting groups and, and environmental groups, and I don't mean to put them in a negative light, 
but they've always had that click this button for action. And I've never seen it on, on I'll say our side, not really our side, but because we, we work with the environmental communities very good, but we never had that to make it so easy. I think hunters have sat around coffee shops for, for years and said, I cannot believe they're doing this. I can't believe, how do we fight this? How do we, how do we, how, well, I'll call my representative, but now it's so structured and there's such a great platform to just go on there and click. And uh, I see it over here at our Capitol. I mean, I'll run into these guys and they're like, did you start all this, Mark? I said, no, 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 it's not an agency bill. It's not an agency bill. And if it's an agency bill, we, you know, we, we don't, I said, I support the bill. But uh, you need to check out these two sites, and I and I give them both, and I say just just go look, and 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 you'll see what they're doing. So we're catching up, and we're catching up fastly. I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, it really. I guess in the last just this session, I've seen it. And well, as you, you sent me the video, you sent me the video. The audience has always been there. They just didn't know how to. It wasn't rifled and effective. And I would, I've talked to Charles, I think on the phone a couple of times. And, and my thing as a former legislator is you can, it's okay to do a victory lap if you've got the platform, if you're Blood Origins, or if you're Howl, uh, Howl, for, Howl for Wildlife. The main thing is, that, is thank those legislators and you'll win them for life because they're the ones that make the votes. Some of them are easy. If they're from a rural county full of hunters and fishermen and they vote with you, that's an easy vote. That's a layup for them. But a lot of them make real tough votes when they're in mixed districts. And so if we give those guys the credit and continue to, well, uh, I just say it as a former legislator, they, it's not that they got big heads or anything, but so many other groups, they send out a fundraising letter and say, look what we did when they didn't cast a single vote, it's those legislators that, 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 that put their elections on the line, some of them to make these votes for us. So thank them. Now, you ask about Georgia. Uh, we got a couple of great bills. Uh, like I said, we had no agency legislation, but these are bills that, that, that we're certainly supporting. And of course, one, the big one to me is the no net loss of hunting land. And I think that would work in other states if it's couched the right way. Uh, we, uh, we're certainly, we have a constitutional right to hunt and fish in Georgia, and I recommend that in other states. I know it's tough in, in a lot of states, but uh, you don't know unless you drop the bill if you're a legislator and see how people react. Uh, but no net loss is, uh, has moved over to the, uh, to the Senate now. Uh, day 28, uh, Every every legislature is different, but we serve our guys serve our, our legislators, not guys serve forty days. It's not forty consecutive days; it's just forty legislative days. So, like today was just a committee day, so it doesn't count. Tomorrow they will be in session, so it's a legislative day. And if a bill doesn't cross over from one chamber to the other before day twenty eight or on day twenty eight, we call it crossover day, then it's dead for the session. So. No net loss is crossed over. We're very, very happy about that. Uh, we also have a CWD, uh, deer, carc deer carcass importation, new law. Um, 
we were accepting carcasses from non-CWD positive states one way and from CW positive states a different way, a more restrictive way. And we just decided it was time for us to do it um, the more restrictive way for all states. Um, now, what are you talking about? Let's let's rewind it a little bit because I want to work okay. through both. Of so the, the, the first bill was HB... 1349 or 1329, right? Yeah, I didn't write the numbers down. But it passed 162 to zero out of the house. That's right. And we are about, I'm guessing we're about 105 Republican to 75 Democrat in the House. And so, well, 162 to zero is bipartisan. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's in the Senate right now. So that was a huge win moving forward. Now, let's talk about the CWD. State of Georgia imports deer carcasses? Well, it's, if you're hunting in Texas. or, or oh, if you're hunting, oh, 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 okay, okay, bring, that makes sense. To bring your meat back in, it's got to be prepared a different way. Um, and we allow for non-CWD positive states, you could basically bring the whole deer in. in the gotcha. Back of the truck. Now you're telling them. Now we're them. saying all states, whether you're positive or not, because our, our good friends in Alabama, or have a positive have some positive cases up in the north northwest corner and uh as you know cwd can go undetected mm-hmm. for a long time so we just mm-hmm. thought that's a proactive measure um and then um we're taking the season off of raccoons and possums um and uh, which means that any you can manage them on your own lands year round um at your discretion, um, and that one is also crossed over. Uh, hearing a little bit from our raccoon hunters in North Georgia, and so that one may be amended to just, um, I'm not the author, so I won't speak for the author of the bill, but uh, maybe amended for private lands only, which is fine, we can still support it because we manage our, we manage the public resource anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as an apartment, so. Um, we're supporting all three of those measures, and then um, there may be a thousand or twelve hundred bills dropped, and so we spend a part of our days just just looking at bills that may affect may affect our employees' retirement, pay, budgets, and so we're either playing offense or defense on on a day in day out basis. So, Especially um, when the legislature's in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're in. So do you? Do you? Where do you office out of, Mark? I, uh, I I work at the Capitol. Well, right across the street in the Capitol, uh, we have a, a, a building there. With two big buildings, we call them the, the Atlanta Twin Towers, actually. But uh, so we're on the twelfth and thirteenth floor, and in my office is pretty much um, HR. We have a lot of bills to pay, a lot of accounting. Uh, I have a deputy commissioner. I have a public external relations guy and two attorneys. Uh, we have a lot of land acquisitions. We have a lot of uh, of attorney matters that, that they deal with. But uh, when we're out of session, I go uh, have an office at the coast, uh, Coastal Resources, uh, which is a lot closer to my house and my grandchildren. I, I hear you talk about your savages. Yes, sir. Both of, my, both of my daughters are grown, but uh, my oldest daughter had two sets of twins in three years. So, yeah, let that wow. sink in. 
And wow. uh, but the oldest set's four, and the youngest set's a little better than two. And um, the uh, I love it in the off what I call the off season when the session's not in. I can spend a little more time working out of the coastal office. But I travel a lot with sixty state cars and stuff. I'm I'm on the road a lot. Yeah, of course, of course. A lot of time so, to listen to Blood Origin podcast. Well, you'll be able to listen to yourself now too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you can run your numbers up. You can just put yourself on continuous play, and we can run your numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I've listened to all of yours. Um, well, I appreciate that. So I, I do enjoy. I do enjoy you hunting public. There's a lot of good podcasts out there for. Uh, well, we got a great one. Um, it's this when this podcast comes out. This this podcast would have dropped already, but we did a podcast with a guy called Dave Gittleson. Dave Gittleson is the first Colorado rancher to have lost cattle to wolves in the state of Colorado. Really? Yeah. And you just listen to him speak. He he wants to do the right thing. But he's so despondent and he's so sad because he can't, he needs help and nobody wants to give him help. The state of Colorado handcuffed him essentially. You can't haze, you can't use flagging, you can't do anything. The wolves are around the house. The wolves are being seen during the day. The wolves are in the cows. So now they're in the cows every night. They two, they do two different night shifts. That's crazy that, you know. Uh, a man can't protect his own livelihood, but uh, I sat on that panel at uh, SCI, the commissioner's directors, whatever their title was, and uh, the guy from Alaska was beside me, the, their their commissioner, or my equivalent from Alaska, and just to hear him talk about how the federal government handcuffs him to manage I mean, we have the Chattahoochee National Forest. We have Okefenokee Swamp. But the federal government lets us manage the wildlife, which is so important because um, we, we have WMAs within Chattahoochee National Forest, within Piedmont Wildlife Refuge. And, and, and we get to hunt it just like the land belonged to Georgians, which it does belong to Georgians. They're certainly part of the federal government. But uh, that's so important. That, that states maintain that right to manage the wildlife um, uh, appropriately because they can do it the best. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I, and I love fishing wildlife. They're, they're great partners of ours. But uh, we, um, we've we been real fortunate that we've been able to manage, you know, manage the wildlife on, on even federal properties in our state. But it certainly wasn't that way for the guy from Alaska. And mm -hmm. Talked a lot offline about that. It was so it's so foreign to me to, you know, for the federal government to step in and say, hey, you can't have this bear home or you can't do this. And um, Anyway. Black, are there black bears in Georgia, Mark? Oh, yeah. We have three populations. We have some, we have counties open for hunting in the fall down in South Georgia. I can't name them all. We have a smaller middle, middle Georgia bear population that we do a one-day hunt. Uh, to control it, we figure there's four to five hundred bears there, and then it's pretty big up in up in North Georgia in the mountains. And uh, successful, I mean, they do great. I I I've not bear hunted. I, I bear hunted one time. Um, I, I bow hunted up in North Georgia on a friend's property that invited me. I was unsuccessful. 
which I know you are too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but thanks for bringing that up, Mark. Thanks for bringing that up. Just hearing Cody talk, you, you you've been a couple of times, but uh. Yep. Um. Can you bait and use dogs in Georgia? Can't bait, but you can use dogs. Okay. And they're, that that's big in the southern part of the state. Well, that's where most of our big game dog hunting's done in the southern part. Um, a lot of raccoon hunters and, and 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 more in the northern part in the mountains. So we have a lot of raccoon dog hunters. But uh, uh, bear dog hunting, bear hunting with dogs is 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 bigger in the southern part of the state. How do they hunt them in the north, Mark? Um, still hunt them. Okay, yeah. just like Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. They have no bait. Yeah, but we do we do have baiting uh, for deer um, in, um, in in both 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 parts of the state. It started with South Georgia baiting, and then after a couple of years, North Georgia uh, took that supplemental feeding baiting, whatever you want to call it, but hunting over feeders. We, feeders were allowed um, probably ten years before. Um, hunting over it was allowed so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. supplemental feed's been in the woods a lot longer than that we just it was um gosh time gets away i guess 10 years sure. ago south georgia did it and then maybe seven years ago north georgia um allowed for uh, hunting over bait mark do you see a lot of you know the hsus's or center for biological diversity come into the state of georgia it just wouldn't be a battleground that they are just It'd be almost, I, I don't know, I, maybe let me just finish with the question. Do you see a lot of that come in from a legislative process? Not a lot. Um, we, we, we tried, um, uh, let's see, with coyotes, I'm trying to think what we did. You know, we got, we got coyote problems like every, a lot of states do. We got feral hog problems, I mean, big time here. Um, and so the Coyote Project came in with a program that we had started where you could bring them in and we gave away some prizes. And we we didn't stop that program because of them. We, we didn't have a lot of participation. It was sort mm -hmm. of like squeeze it and work the juice and uh, mm -hmm. for staff and everything. But uh, we, we it be a true statement to say we, we definitely have a feral hog problem. I work with the commissioner of ag. We, we try to find solutions on that and, and coyotes too, to, to a certain extent. But, uh, we've tried a lot with, with feral hogs. We've, we've, we've had bills pass about the transportation, you know, transporting them. Um, and, um, it, it, you can't hunt them out. Um, until right. te until technology gets there with with poisons, uh, you you know we all know what would kill one, but but the delivery method that's uh, yeah non that's non-discriminatory yeah. doesn't hit coons doesn't hit bears yeah. yeah 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 so we don't have a solution for that yet and and but you can't hunt them out there's just no way to hunt them out the way they reproduce yep so we 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 continually work on that yep yep. So I would say, based on our conversation and things going through the legislative process, the prospects of hunting opportunity in the state of Georgia being maintained and or increasing above average? Oh, yeah. I think, I think they're above average. Um, 
it, that's not a call for everybody to, to sit back and, and, and rest on their laurels. But uh, I, I think we're in a good place right now. Um, I, I tell people elections have consequences and, and everybody's got their own issues. Um, you know, way towards the top of mine is hunting and fishing. And it, it should be for, for any hunter and fisherman. But I just went over my org chart. And it all starts with the boss, with the governor. And my board's appointed by him. I'm appointed by him. Um, and that's pretty much the way it is in a lot of states. And and um, we don't elect dictators, but governors, governors are very important and very powerful in our nation. And again, I've, I've just been blessed. Uh, to, well, my current governor, we were hunting buddies before. <laughs> before he was my boss so, um that one was an easy one but uh, i just i think that hunters across this nation um whether you're democrat republican or independent if hunting and fishing is that important to you that's the question you ask uh, would you support a state a state constitutional amendment you know that guarantees the right to hunt and fish i think you start there because in all kinds of debates, you know, even cities and counties will try to pass ordinances. And, and that happens, I mean, that happened this year in Georgia in a couple of places. And they can do guns and they can restrict guns. And I get that for a lot of reasons, for safety, for a lot of things. But they can't, they can't restrict hunting and fishing because we have a constitutional constitutional right to do it so you get that passed and it, all your problems don't go away but it it's important to to mm -hmm. have that because if the smaller municipalities and and governments you know start trying to restrict it they can do it through guns but still would have the right let's say we had one city this year try to go after bows and that didn't that sort of got stopped locally but um get that passed and then work on your work 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 on public lands um uh, like our no net loss be glad to share that with any any listener that uh wants to look at jason ridley really appreciate him and i'm gonna give trey rhodes our chairman of game fishing parks a big shout out too because all these measures if they don't get out of committee and mm -hmm. uh that, that's the end of it that's right. It's a long process to go from the House to the Senate and through all the committees and and then uh but I I I feel sure I don't I would never speak for my for my boss, the governor, but uh these are measures that uh that he certainly will support. Sure, sure. Well Commissioner Williams, Mark, thank you so much. Thank you for your support, man. Thank you for wearing blood origins, thank you for representing, um, thank you for pushing for you know, things in the state of Georgia that my kids and my grandkids can one day participate in, which is at the end of the day, what we're all here for. Yeah. My, um, you Mississippi state. I was a professor at Mississippi state. Yes, sir. Yeah. You follow their baseball. Uh, I do in, in just a little bit, well, not a lot. They were the world series champ. That's right. Anyway, my brother-in-law's nephew is their ace pitcher. Landon oh, amazing. That got, he actually got hurt the other night. We're, we're all praying for him too, but uh, 
Yeah, um, you come on. Um, I got an island I need to show you. That's right, Osabo Island. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, We're going to do that. It it mirrors the um, what you talk about a lot. The lady that owned it was not a hunter. As a matter of fact, probably a non-hunter, maybe a little bit didn't like hunting, but uh, she recognized and even put in the deed that the uh, wildlife needed to be managed for sustainability. So she allows the deer hunting on that island for that very reason. So look forward to taking you over there. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you, Commissioner. See ya. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.